Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey, and it's Monday, the 28th of September, 2020. Not far from my house, there is a sign as you enter a new neighborhood that says, The Oaks. And next to this sign, there is a large oak tree by the sign, which some have suggested, why then isn't the neighborhood called the oak? Which may be a fair question. But here you have this large oak tree standing by the sign of the oaks. And then this is a newer neighborhood as they're building so many homes here in the Treasure Valley. And you go into the neighborhood and there's there's no other trees like that one. Uh, as, you know, as they flattened everything and prepared to build new homes, now there are trees, but none of them have the maturity. Uh, none of them have the strength that that tree has. And, and even as you experience some of the blustery days that we get here in the Treasure Valley, you, you'll see uh, so many of the younger trees that have been more recently planted. You'll see them bending in the wind. You'll see many of them even supported by wooden beams, you know, to help them stay upright during those winds. But that oak, and it just stands there strong, firm, and tall. Well, today we don't want to talk about trees. This isn't a, a, a podcast about botany or landscaping or arborists or anything like that. We're talking about the Word of God, and we're talking about the kind of people that we want to be. And we, I guess in some ways, we want to be like that oak, that when the wind blows and other people are maybe getting tossed around or bending over in the wind, We are standing strong, standing firm, standing tall. And and what's the key to that? And really, we're going to see that today in Psalm 112. So if you look at Psalm 112, it really tells us the key right there at the beginning of the psalm. And it says, praise the Lord. And here we go. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. So there's the key right there. Do you want to be like that oak? It all comes down to fearing the Lord, which again, we've defined a few times here, this idea of believing that God is real, that he really is the awesome and holy God that he says that he is, and that he is watching everything that we do. The man who is aware that God is watching me and I care more about God's opinion than anything else, he's going to be blessed. Now, why am I comparing it to this oak tree uh, near my neighborhood where, where, where all the other trees are, are getting blown around in the wind? Well, look at what it goes on to say about this, this man. Look at verse 6. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. So there, it it describes that strength. I love that even just that he will never be moved. His heart is firm or that phrase, he is not afraid of of bad news. And I love even the contrast that we see throughout the scripture in 
Verse 1, it describes the man fearing the Lord. And here it's saying, well, he is not afraid of bad news, proving once again the old saying that if you fear the Lord, you don't have to fear anything else. And we see that so powerfully in this passage. And I hope that as we read God's word, we find our hearts being built up in this way, that, that we find ourselves being mature and strong in the Lord with roots going down deep and, and a, a tree that is strong. And when the wind blows, we, we will stay there. We will stay strong. We will stay firm. And I love that phrase, he, his heart is not afraid of bad news. There's, there's been some things that have gone on this year in 2020, right? Uh, th- there's been some news. There's been headlines. There's been unsettling things. Well, the person that fears the Lord, they don't have to fear the bad news. They don't have to fear the headlines. And I know for many of us, uh, that, that should maybe hit a little closer to home because a lot of us, the biggest concerns in our lives aren't necessarily the headlines. We're, we're thinking more about our own lives, our own families, our own jobs, but even make it some of those um, smaller cases, right? That the person that fears the Lord, they're, they're not afraid of that health diagnosis. They're not afraid of that lost job. They're not afraid of that financial setback. They're not afraid of that unexpected drama that's going to come up because their heart is firm. They're trusting the Lord. They're trusting God's in control. I'm fearing him, so I'm not worried about what other people think. And I really just want to focus on pleasing God in whatever situation life will throw at me. And therefore, we see that strength that can come no matter what's going on, whether it's in the broader world around us, whether it's just in the smaller world of our own lives, our own families, whatever is going on, that we want to have that strength. So I want to encourage you today. Are you a person that's fearing the Lord? Well, then you don't have to be afraid of bad news. You don't have to be worried about everything that's going on in the world. You don't have to be living in fear of the next bad thing that might happen to your family or in your own life. You can be firm, trusting in the Lord. And we see a a great example of that today as we read in Isaiah chapters 37 through 39. And I loved going through this Bible reading program where we're reading from four passages every day, Old Testament and Psalms, Gospels and New Testament, and just seeing all the connections that pop up and even how God's word illustrates itself. Because we do see an example in Psalm or Isaiah, excuse me, 37 through 39. I think of someone who feared the Lord and, and was trusting in God and who was therefore firm. And I think it humanizes a little bit because when we think about, oh, they're not afraid of bad news, we kind of think, you know, that's that's really idealistic. And I think we see with Hezekiah that that doesn't mean that it's easy. That doesn't mean that bad news isn't still hard and even a little bit nerve wracking. Because here, remember, yesterday we read about the Rabshakeh talking smack, trying to intimidate, trying to scare the people. And today we're going to see more of how Hezekiah responds, and then also how God responds. In, in chapter 37, we see Hezekiah, he, he covers himself with, with sackcloth, and you know he's, he's grieving, and he sends messengers to I, Isaiah. 
And he says in verse three, this is a day of distress, of rebuke and of disgrace. And, and I mean, just think about this. This huge army is coming and saying they're going to invade your city. I mean, we read things as graphic yesterday as saying the people, they're going to have to eat their own dung and, and, and drink their own waste. They're going to have to do all these things. I mean, th- this is a bad situation. You have not experienced anything in 2020 or in your life, probably as intense as this. And Hezekiah, he's not just, eh, whatever. No, it, it really is hard. And so, but look at what he does. He looks to God by looking to the prophet. And then the prophet responds in verse six, Isaiah said to them, say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard. And again, we see Hezekiah continuing to look to God in in verse 14. he, He receives the letter that he gets back from Isaiah and he goes And he takes it into the house of the Lord and he spreads it out in front of the Lord and he prays. That might be something that you even need to do when there is a situation that comes into your life that is intense, right? And it does kind of shake us on the insides a little bit. Well, to be like that oak, instead of just the trees getting blown around, sometimes we need to take that and we need to go and even literally lay it before the Lord and pray to him and ask for him help, his help. And then we see God providing, God takes care of this problem with the Assyrians in the mighty, in a mighty way. He strikes down 185,000 of them. This King Sennacherib is killed back in Assyria and the people are safe. And then we see Hezekiah have a similar scenario in chapter 38 when he has a health problem. But again, he prays to God and God answers, and God gives him more life. So here we see some good examples of Hezekiah looking to God, being the kind of person that Psalm 112 talks about, um, and, and living that out for us. But the one thing we do notice in verse, or sorry, chapter 39, it doesn't seem like it ends particularly well, that he kind of shows off some of his wealth to Babylon, and then when God says, hey, they're actually going to come and invade someday, he kind of shrugs it off as well. At least it's going to be after I'm dead and gone. And I think that there's some validity to that being a warning to us, that just because I trusted God yesterday doesn't mean I can just coast through today. We need to continually fight to be those kind of people that fear the Lord, that trust in him, that look to him, and therefore are strong because our confidence is not in ourselves, but in our God who is on the throne. Now let's think about the New Testament a little bit today. And today we read Hebrews chapter 8, verses 8 through 13. And you'll notice this passage is pretty much all a quote. We're quoting the prophet Jeremiah here as he prophesies about the coming new covenant. And we see that and we read the words from the Old Testament that the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, this is now being fulfilled in the new covenant that's mediated by a better priest. So it's a better covenant and a better priest. And we should be thankful about some of these things in this new covenant. Like what it says in verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Praise God that he will put his law into our minds and write it on our hearts. 
Because that's one thing we see in the Old Testament that that they kept on um, forsaking God and straying from him. And I think now we have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have this new covenant that that's something that helps us in this era of the new covenant in which we live. And then the good news there in verse 12, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Praise God that we can have this complete forgiveness through this great priest, through this better covenant, through Jesus Christ. And that brings us to where we're going to wrap it up today in Luke 22, 47 through 54. And here really we read about the arrest of Christ. And again, here we say, we see not just a good example, but the perfect example of that oak tree kind of faith. Someone that when the wind is blowing, he, he is standing firm because I don't think the wind ever blows harder than it was here with Christ as he is betrayed and arrested. But even as, you know, we, we see Peter attacking the, the servant of the high priest and Jesus healing him, right? We see Jesus just standing firm. He is not afraid of bad news. He willingly goes to the cross because he ultimately was someone who feared the Lord. He ultimately was someone whose heart was firm, not afraid. He was trusting in his father. And that's a great example for us that we would fear the Lord and that we would trust the Lord and therefore be firm in our faith like that great oak tree. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.